This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Right now, joining us on the line, Stephen Del Duca, candidate for the leadership of the Ontario Liberal Party and the former Minister of Transportation. Mr. Del Duca, always a pleasure. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, John. Thanks for having me on. By the way, uh, let me just start by saying an update on a story that we uh, brought to the Ford package that was delivered to the home of Mr. Ford. His wife answered, and she uh, opened the package with white powder. It's now been deemed to be a safe package, no risk of security. But let me ask you, Mr. Del Duca, I mean, uh, this is one of those things where, uh, despite anyone's politics, ideology, philosophy, et cetera, et cetera, it's just some folks do tend to cross the line. And uh, I guess you would find this as repugnant as anybody, any conscientious person would say that this is wrong to do and offside. Uh, is that a risk, you know, that uh, needs to be, or, or something, that a point that needs to be reemphasized? Anybody standing for public office should not be subjected to these kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely. I think the way you described it is uh, as repugnant as bang on the money. I I may disagree on policies with uh, with Doug Ford, and I certainly do. And I, I understand emotions can run high, but there is literally no place in our public discussions and our politics for that kind of behavior. Uh, to, to an individual elected official's home involving their family, all of that stuff needs to be uh, completely off limits. I think that you know setting the right tone from the outset is really, really important in these discussions. And as former U.S. President Barack Obama once said, we we can we can disagree without being disagreeable. And I think restoring a sense of uh, a sense of civility to the discussion, I think, is something that's really important for all of us to embrace. Caroline Mulroney in the legislature uh, unveiling the Building Transit Faster Act, and you, as a former uh, transportation minister, obviously can appreciate that uh, this is a big file. It's one of the critical ones in the province as far as infrastructure is concerned. Uh, She's talking about the government getting uh, more power to deliver on certain projects, the all-new Ontario line, the Young North subway extension, the three-stop Scarborough subway extension, and the Eglinton Crosstown West extension. They're expedite. They want to expedite this. Uh, Is there anything to disagree with here? So I haven't had the chance to actually look at the legislation that's being introduced today. I, I will look. Uh, I will look forward to seeing the details that are contained in in the legislation of the legislation itself. I would say, you know, you have thousands and thousands of listeners right now who are grappling with congestion on roads, congestion on public transit, people who just want to get home more quickly to their to their families, to their loved ones. So I think anything that we can collectively do to deliver more transit service more quickly and more responsibly is something for which there should be broad support. I will tell you, however, that having watched this government operate now for close to two years, uh, they're almost at the midway point of their term, almost, uh, I have very little faith and confidence in their ability to get this right. Having said that, I'll reserve judgment until I've had a chance to look at the legislation and see what's contained specifically in what they're proposing. All right. When you say uh, very little faith that they get things right, you're talking about in terms of transportation? Well, certainly in terms of transportation, but even across the board, generally speaking, I you know I think 20, 21 months into his first term, what I hope will be his last term in office, I think Doug Ford's demonstrated consistently that there's a, a very serious competence or lack of competence factor on the part of his government. We've seen this, I think, repeatedly throughout, again, the first two years that he's been in power. The latest iteration of this would be the license plate fiasco that we now we now learn that the brand new transformation and how the the kind of license plates we're going to have apparently don't uh, can't be read or can't be seen properly at nighttime. I mean, this is just fairly basic fundamental stuff that's uh, that's not being done in the right or competent way, and I think it shows. 
Wow. Uh, yeah, boy, I don't know that this is really a significant matter here, but uh, some people dispute that, say they can read it fine with the headlights on, but uh, I haven't noticed one way or the other, so I'll just reserve comment on other matters that maybe are of consequence uh, when it comes to uh, issues of transportation. This is a big one that's reared its head uh, earlier. I found it interesting because uh, Caroline Mulroney's notes say Ontario remains committed to partnering with the City of Toronto to remove roadblocks, engaging with local residents and businesses on each project, and consulting with Indigenous communities to ensure Aboriginal and treaty rights and interests are considered in the decision-making process. If you're the Transportation Minister, or if you're the Premier, uh, how would you resolve the rail blockade protest, by the way? You know, so I think I think this is it's obviously a tough discussion that's underway. It's a tough uh, situation that all parties find themselves in right now. There's obviously a lot of frustration on both sides of the discussion. Um, and I, you know, I think the way that the federal government is approaching it, especially in the last number of days, I think strikes the right tone. I think everybody wants to see the the, uh, uh, the situation resolved. I think people want to see it resolved as quickly as possible, but also peacefully. And that requires a real discussion uh, with the decision makers, all of them at the table, uh, making sure that we can get to that peaceful outcome as quickly and as responsibly as possible. All right. So it's the purview of the federal government is what you're saying, as opposed to uh, some people saying, hey, Doug Ford uh, should have been involved in this right from the hop. It's not on him. Yeah, I think it's I think it's important for a premier and important for a provincial government to be supportive of finding a way to resolve this kind of situation which can be emotionally charged and understandably so. I think finding a way to resolve it peacefully and in the most responsible but also the quickest way possible is the right kind of tone, both for a prime minister and for a premier. And I think that it falls to a premier to show that he or she is supportive of moving in that direction. So that's that would be my take on it. And I know there's frustration on all sides, and I'm hopeful that we can reach a peaceful resolution uh, very soon. Again, with Stephen Del Duca, candidate for the leadership of the Ontario Liberal Party. All right, and let's suppose, again, if you're the leader of the uh, province, how would you uh, handle this teacher strike? I know the last time we spoke, uh, you were pretty much admitting that uh, there were a lot of concessions you would make, including, I believe, on the 2% wage thing. I don't, I, I don't, from what I can recall, John, I don't think I made a specific commitment around exactly what kind of compensation increases what necessarily occur, what I believe I did say, and I stand by this, is that it's really important to make sure that deals are struck through a genuine attempt at true collective bargaining. Now, that is supposed to be the way this process unfolds, and it's the best way to deliver the, the best kind of outcome so that we keep our class sizes relatively small, that our graduation rates continue to climb, and that our professional educators feel safe and secure and properly compensated. And I think the best way to get to all of those outcomes so that students and their families are most properly supported, is to be at the table with no preconceived positions, no preconceived legislation, the kind of prejudice is the outcome of the discussion of the negotiations, and hammer it out of the table. And that, that hasn't happened in this case, and that's a shame. Well, yeah, I mean, it's all well and good to say uh, in hypothetical terms, but we're facing a a, a debt of $350 billion and a deficit that needs to be serviced to the tune of a billion a month. And that's largely the legacy of your government under Kathleen Wynne and Dalton McGinty. So how do you square that circle? How do we get out of this quagmire? This government says uh, we've got physical constraints that have to be met. What do you say to that? Well, I'd say a couple of things. One is, again, Doug Ford's demonstrated that his math doesn't add up. We know that the deficit number he floated last year was was fake, was false. He knew it. His government knew it. 
and that so, was so. If it's not fifteen was, billion, Stephen, well, so on. it's twelve. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know that it's twelve. We're going to see in a number of weeks what the next, what the next fiscal update looks like for the province. But regardless, mm. yeah, we still have that was, that debt, three hundred fifty billion. Sure. So, and I think, I think, first of all, from a from from a philosophical perspective, they created a fake number last year because they wanted to cut deeply into public education. I will tell you, as the father of two young daughters, our daughters are twelve and eight. That by and large, every single parent I speak with in my community wants class sizes to remain small. They want graduation rates to go up. And in those moments when in the morning they're dropping off their kids at school and they want their kids to be safe and secure in a positive learning environment and they want professional educators to be motivated and feel safe, in that moment, those parents are not thinking or obsessed with the size of the provincial deficit. They want to see a strong outcome in public education, and so do I. All right. And so I what you're saying is, value, and I think from a value perspective, Doug Ford is off the mark on this one. He's got the wrong priorities in public education. All right. Well, and so he and his minister haven't been at the table negotiating in good faith. All right, but Stephen, I mean, what you're saying is, it would be a, a return to its back to the future. You would be the education premier, just as Kathleen Wynne and Dalton McGinney were, but it got us into a hole. I mean, it's all well and good to say, yeah, we're going to pour more money into education, but by the way, the Ford government disputes that there are cuts. They say they've actually increased the education budget. I won't belabor that, but I'm just saying if you're going to go back to the future or what had happened in the past, uh, teachers are going to be well compensated. Everybody's going to be happy on that front. But we're going to continue to go deeper and deeper into the hole. It's, where do you rationalize it? Where do you make up for that uh, that burden of debt? I mean, there's got to be some cuts somewhere, aren't there? Are, are you saying we'd increase efficiencies and uh, grow the economy? So I also had the honor of serving for six or seven months as the economic development and growth minister for the province. And the reason that Ontario's economy has been performing so strongly, and it still continues to perform strongly, is because for 15 consecutive years, we collectively as a province invested in public education at all levels and created one of the world's most highly skilled uh, uh, talent pools. And that's why people want to invest in this province. It's why our economy has been humming. It's why our economic growth is strong and our unemployment has been low. And I don't think we should be sacrificing that because the current premier and his friends have the wrong priorities on public education. Public education in this province is the great equalizer. It is the great leveler. And it's also the single most important economic advantage that we have. And I want to make sure we're investing in it in the right way. But the best way to make sure we get the outcomes I'm talking about Smaller class sizes, higher graduation rates, safe and secure learning environment, both for the students and for, for professional educators, is to make sure we're negotiating in good faith at the table, and that's not happening today. And that's my problem with Doug Ford's approach. Mm. All right. Uh, well, some might say the Ontario economy, also the beneficiary of a torrid American economy, uh, won't quibble about these things, don't have time. We'll leave it for another occasion. I appreciate your weighing in this afternoon. Thanks so much, John. I appreciate it. Stephen Del Duca, candidate for the leadership of the Ontario Liberal Party. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.